high stakes to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the Lowdown. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell. Lowdown driven to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Say hi to Doug and Mary. Today's show, we have to have a very serious talk about Connor McDavid. It's time. I didn't want to. I don't want to. But when you're looking at the numbers right now and not talking about Connor McDavid... I think that you're missing a major, major point that impacts this season, but but who knows? Uh, the playoffs on down the line, we'll see. It's a big damn deal. There is lots of news today we'll be passing along. The biggest news is that I forgot my computer at home. So what we're looking at here is a little bit of a fundamental change in how the show is going to go. Uh, I don't have the text to read. That'll be my friend Declan. Declan, are you ready for this? Like, you have work to do, and that's gone because you oh, basically yeah. are are leading me now. No, completely out the window. The Sports 1440 update is going to be brief and incorrect, I would imagine. But, uh, no, I'm ready. We have nothing coming in so far, so I got it pulled up. It's all in front of me. You're not going to hear as much typing, I would imagine, well, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to save the well, day. Well, and this is, again, I fear, what this is what I fear is now there's another change in the format of the show, and I will have less responsibility. Because it'll all be about you. Are you ready with Mama MMA today? Are you ready with that? I am ready with Mama MMA. It's the, it's going to be our last segment of the day. It was not a, you know not a huge weekend this past weekend in combat sports, and there's no UFC card this upcoming weekend. No, uh, December second is going to be the next one. So we got a little bit of time, but I'm ready. I'm going to talk talk about it, break things down, have some fun. All right. So uh, our guest today, David Dwork from the Hockey News, to talk Florida Panthers at twelve twenty. Steve Simmons from the Toronto Sun at one o'clock yesterday or the day before. Uh, on his Sunday musings, I guess that was yesterday, he was talking about a potential general manager for the Edmonton Oilers, the next one, um, Dave Gagne. So we'll talk to him about that. Jason Greger from Sports 1440 at one twenty today. Uh, news out today, uh, Yaroslav Halak uh, released from his PTO by the Carolina Hurricanes. I believe that's from TSN, so we're going to run with it as being ipso facto. And in a way, that does a favor. Carolina, uh, you may recall... They were the uh, they were the team, and I think I've got this right. That that ended up the Oilers signed in October of 2020 Anton Forsberg, and then he was claimed off waivers by Carolina, and then went to Winnipeg, and then ended up in Ottawa. Uh, did Anton Forsberg? And I, you know, look maybe, maybe. The Hurricanes did the orders a favor. I don't know what Halak's up to. I don't know what he's going on. I don't know what he was doing before. But that's a goaltender, a goaltender, a living, breathing goaltender who's not signed. And the Edmonton Oilers may want to reach out. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so I promised you, and I, I, I want to, I don't, I don't really want to, but I have to talk about Connor McDavid today. Not behind his back, but we're talking a lot as, as, observers and as fans about some pretty drastic things. On my blog this weekend, there was a call to trade Evan Bouchard, a call to trade Stuart Skinner. And I understand the frustration. I really do. I know that game on Saturday looked winnable and then it was not at all winnable. And part of it was Evan Bouchard who made some ghastly errors. And part of it was Stuart Skinner who was unable to uh, make some stops. 
But the thing we're missing, the thing we're not talking about, all of those things are true, but they were true a year ago. Bouchard had some chaos in his game. Stuart Skinner had some wobbly efforts. But the Edmonton Oilers are looking at a Connor McDavid who is not the player that he has been in the past. And we knew that he had an injury early. And I don't know what... For me, his speed is back. And I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to say anything, and I know that it's not something that is going to be reported because that's how the world turns, but there's something up. A year ago, he had a 5-on-5 points per 60 total of 2.69. Today, it's 1.34, fully half of what it was one year ago. This is a guy who is a supreme NHL player. He's a difference maker. He's worth a goal a game. And more than that, but we'll say a goal a game. And if you if you splice in a goal along the first 14 games that he's been in this year, the Oilers don't have the record they do today. Something's up. And the best thing Ken Holland can do is get a goaltender because whatever his injury is, he obviously can play through it. I don't think it's legs. I don't think it's hip. There's something going on. And I think as a as a as a market we're not talking about it. And so the numbers I'm going to tell you a story. Gather around kids. I'm about to tell you a story. Pour a stiff drink. Sit down young stranger. We're going to talk about it. So years ago, 20 years ago, the the rumblings, bumblings and the the boil and bubble of what was to become the Ologosphere and Hockey Analytics was forming. And there were some really smart people driving the bus. Uh, Tyler Dello, who works with the New Jersey Devils and uh, at one time worked with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Tim Murray, who works with the Washington Capitals, was part of it as well. And one day, everybody was, I think, on a river in oil fans. I think that's where it started. Was talking about injuries. And this guy's injured, that guy's injured. And um, Tim Murray said something I've never forgotten. He said, well, you know, there's only one reason why a a player's production slides drastically. There's only a few reasons why it could happen. They're turning 40, i.e. they're getting old. Uh, They lose a a line mate to free agency or trade or that player gets hurt. Or they're injured. And Connor McDavid's 1.34 points per 60 is screaming injury. And whatever it may be, whatever may come, that is a fact that Ken Holland and the Edmonton Oilers have to deal with. Jeff Jackson, too. And it cost Jay Woodcroft his job. And so you're right when you get mad at Evan Bouchard. You're right when you get mad at Stuart Skinner. They need to be better. I get it. I understand. However, the equation has changed from a year ago. The equation has changed from last spring in the playoffs. Because the Edmonton Oilers without a complete Connor McDavid are not the Edmonton Oilers that you know. And so you have to have a paradigm shift. You have to check down. You have to check into a new reality. I promise to stop using the word check now. That's the deal. That's my story. Calvin Picard starts tonight. It is possible, you know. It's the legend of Les Binkley. I'm going to tell you another story. I, I have no computer, so there's a lot of stories coming today. So in like 1962, Les Binkley was, I think he was a trainer, like not a horse trainer, a trainer in hockey, which meant that you, I don't know, cleaned up the slop buckets. I don't know what you did. 
but he he was a goalie, but he couldn't see. Les Binkley wasn't wasn't gifted with great eyesight, and so not a promising you know goaltending resume. You know, kind of a chubby dude, and and he had you know he had bad eyesight. You know, I mean, he was like Mister Magoo, and Les Binkley ended up you know getting on a team in the low minors, working his way up to the AHL, and when expansion came. The Pittsburgh Penguins signed him, and Les Binkley had a career. He ended up playing in Winnipeg for the Jets in the WHA, but he also played in the National Hockey League. Blind as a bat. John Ferguson wrote about it in his book. But he could play goal. And so you never know with goaltenders. One of the things that I love most about analytics folks is that they, they're they always trying to chase luck. And luck is what it is, good and bad, in goaltending. The difference between a great goalie and a not great goalie is about, I don't know, two stops, 100. You know, 900 to 920. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's two and a half. It's, the margins are so thin. And, you know, Colby Kosh is a very fine writer and a good hockey thinker. He thinks you should just plug and play. If, if a goalie turns pro, put him in the – because he'll never be better than he is now. I don't know that that's true, but it's an interesting concept and would explain Grant Fuhr and Andy Moog. So Pickard gets the start tonight, and you're probably expecting disaster. Maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe he carries this team for a few weeks. Man, you never know. Philip Broberg also drawing in. They'll go 11-7 and seven tonight. You may have missed that uh, Raphael Lavoie was sent back to the Bakersfield Condors. They play tomorrow, I believe, against Coachella Valley. My opportunity to tell you, once I thought that Coachella, the big concert thingy, I thought it was a place where coaches from the world over gathered for workshops and speeches and such. It was wrong. Should the Otis trade for a goalie? I think they have to. I wrote about it today in The Athletic. The person that I think they should trade for is Daniel Vladar in Calgary. He hasn't had a good start to the year, but a small sample size. The last three years, he's been very good. He's not expensive, $2.2 million. You could trade for him without having to trade Jack Campbell because guess what? If they're trading Jack Campbell, they're trading a slew of draft picks again, and the Oilers cannot afford to outrun the mistakes of the general managers anymore. They can't. They've just got nothing, nothing bubbling under. If they did, they would have handled the right-wing situation recently differently. Part of me says they should call up Olivier Rodrigue right now. Put him in the lineup. That would be the Colby Kosh solution. So don't trade Skinner. Don't trade Bouchard. Understand they have limitations. Understand that at some point in time, these men are going to make you happy they're Edmonton Oilers. Do we have any texts coming in at all that are worth reading? Yeah, we got a couple. Here's one. Here's one from Rusty. McD turned human. Trade dry before we get nothing for him in UFA. <laughs> Well, I don't. I, I think you still have up until the deadline this season to salvage because I don't know what McDavid's injury is. I don't know what his malady is, but I know there's something. But maybe it'll be better later. The, what I want to know is if there's a, a doctor out there. What are the injuries that you could have? Probably upper body that would allow you to play, but not allow you to you know stick handle. Is it like is it a you know? I don't think it's shoulder because he probably wouldn't play if it was. There's got to be a few injuries you could have. Well, funny you mention that because here's the next text that comes in from downtown Geo. Low tide. It sounds like 97 has an oblique injury on the left side. He can still skate like the wind, but loses the puck when stick handling and doesn't have power in his shot or passes. Okay. Can you look at oblique injury and explain to the crowd and the host 
what it is. You can hear him typing, so I don't have to explain. All right, you ready for this? Doing. Putting on my doctor's cap here. Sure. Putting on the scrubs. An oblique injury, also known as a side strain injury, is when the abdominal muscles, internal or external oblique muscles, become frayed, torn, or detached. This oh. type of injury typically occurs when a player takes a hard hit to the waist area from excessive usage or sudden use of the muscles. Okay. I do that when I turn over at night, so right. I know exactly what the injury is. Yeah, so is. you can relate. So he might, okay, all right. Well, then, I mean, I don't know that that's the case, and we're not going to, you know carry it further but that does explain a little bit about if that is the case about what the issue is the owners still have time to make the playoffs and if he gets better if it heals then you know maybe he can you know be you know i'll I'll tell you what if this story ends up with the orders winning a stanley cup this is like the shawshank redemption without the prison without the laundry room scenes but pretty much the same thing all right, here's one. McDavid got engaged. New gen nurse or new dads? Big changes off the ice can have an effect. That no, comes in from Lee. I'm not. I'm not buying any of that. I've I've heard that too many times from Waters fans. With respect, you know. Oh, he's got a little baby. He can't sleep. He's bad in goal. Come on. Uh, Great Cup was amazing. Oh, oh what my a game. God! Congratulations to Jason Moss, uh, the man who yelled at Gatorade bottles and people around and uh, bystanders for years. It all pays off. And to Cody Fajardo, who, I mean, he he really was the heart and soul of that Rough Rider team. And they off him, and he goes to Montreal, and he wins the whole damn thing. What a story. What a story. Was that a great ending or what? Oh, incredible. And I was actually thinking while I was watching the game, I was thinking maybe this ages me a little bit, but this is one of the best Grey Cup games I felt like I had ever seen. Yeah, me too. And I, 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 I don't know. I think there's there's probably a five, is it, and then 89, but this would be top three or four. Yeah, this one, it was incredible. And it, was the per, it wasn't some just blowout, shootout type of game where the defense doesn't show up at all. Montreal's defense had incredible stands. We saw DBs playing b- b- great on both sides. I thought it was a great game from an offensive and defensive perspective, and it had the photo finish, yeah. obviously, at the end there. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was an incredible game. You got to pick for the Monday night football. I'm not picking because my Eagles are involved. No, I assume they're going to lose. So Yeah, you're doing the Al Michaels, like when he previews the game, he doesn't give a pick to, <laughs> to stay objective. I think... Yeah, that's me. Uh, I, think, I think the Eagles win. God bless you. I think the Eagles win on the strength of their line play, even though Kansas City is a phenomenal defense this year. But I don't know if I think that's indicative of who the better team is. I mean, their record is going to be far better because this is going to drop Kansas City to three losses. Philadelphia only has the one. But I still think if these two were to hypothetically meet in the Super Bowl, I would pick Kansas City. And even though the game's in Kansas City today, I'm picking the Eagles. I like the Eagles in this one. Super Bowl revenge game. Uh, later today, because I've rambled too much about the McDavid injury, but later I want to talk about Sean Payton because, uh, you know, the talking heads on TV, who I love dearly, were all about, well, Payton can't do anything. You know, oh, well, he's Mr. Miracle Worker, and now he is. So do you have to burn? The, and I've done it. Like, I've written stories about this, this thing is wrong, and then it turns right, and I got to, you know, I don't delete uh, posts, but it makes you look bad. There's a lot of people who look bad now because Sean Payton is right. This team doesn't... They've got a lot of question marks, and they're still winning, and and they won again yesterday, close game. Are the Broncos real, or are they just, you know, running some heavy, heavy luck? They're just running some heavy, heavy luck. I think they're maybe a bit more real than I gave them credit for, and I think Russell Wilson is, you know, showed he's clearly a step above what he played last year, but I just think as a whole, things are falling 
they're falling as they as they as lucky as they could. I think is the best way to describe it for the Broncos. I don't think they're an overly good team. I don't think they're as poor of a team as we thought they were maybe going to be. I think they're right where they need to be, and I think they've just got a bit of a hot streak, but unsustainable. Okay, all right. We will talk about that more as the day rolls along. Jason Greger in hour number two. We'll have Steve Simmons from the Toronto Sun at one o'clock. Oilers GM candidate. He's got one. We'll talk about that. David Dwork on the way from the Hockey News talking Florida Panthers. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Is that Foreigner? Oh, of course. Yeah, I get them mixed up with REO Speedwagon, Toto, all of those bands that came around at the same time. Kind of uh, 15 different versions of Grey. You know. Not like Boston, who were really innovative. Okay, now that I've offended everyone, we move on to David Dwork from the Hockey News, talking a little Florida Panthers. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're looking for an easy, easy game, the Florida Panthers are not it. They're fire right now. Yeah, it should be an interesting matchup, just because, you know, while the Oilers, their struggles, obviously, I'm sure you guys have talked about it at nauseum. They, they're still a team that can put the puck in the net and put shots on goal. And that's something that the Panthers have kind of excelled at limiting. So just I'm interested in seeing the, the contrast tonight and which team can kind of play their game to, uh, to a better level. But, yeah, it's a tough. The Panthers have been a good home team this year. Uh, Sam Bennett has been kind of in and out uh, based on what we're seeing he's in. Uh, is, 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 he, is he close to being the real Sam Bennett? Or is this sort of – I think he has five games this year. So is he, is he where we expect him to be? I think it's still kind of rounding into uh, into his form for Sam. He, he looked so good during training camp. It, it just day after day, somebody that uh, I, I was really pumped to see him uh, when the season started. So to see him suffer the injury in the second-to-last preseason game and then to get like eight minutes when he finally did come into the season only to go out again, uh, it's taken him a little time to play that style that I'm sure you guys are familiar with from seeing him in Calgary, just very physical, uh, skilled around the net, uh, where I'd like to see him kind of get a little bit of a run, and really with most of the team is where they lose on the power play. I think that's a place where Sam has really been able to kind of spark his game when he's got into these scoring walls in the past. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I'm anxious to see him kind of get into his A game, but we haven't really seen it yet. David, the last I saw was that uh, Alexander Barkov was day to day, but would not play in this game. Is that still the case, or you know, sometimes they move it up late and the player ends up playing? No, Barkov's definitely not going to be playing today. Um, it, the question is, what's the status going to be for the rest of this uh, homestand this week? Because they've got uh, games. They got Boston Wednesday and Winnipeg on Friday. Uh, I don't know if you saw the injury, uh, but the knee to knee hit that Barkov mm-hmm. took on Friday in Anaheim was pretty, you know, pretty straight on, pretty nasty looking hit. Uh, where Paul Maurice basically came out and said, "We are we are lucky that it's uh, not as severe as I guess it looked," but. Uh, yeah, in terms of the status for tonight, he's not going to play. They're kicking around the idea, depending on how it comes up to the rest of the week. As you know, with knee injuries, the swelling has to go down. You have to check the range of motion. So depending how that goes over the next, I'd say, 24 to 48 hours, they're going to make a decision on whether or not to retroactively place him on IR. If the Edmonton Oilers play Matthew Kachuk in an old-timers game, it's going to be a big deal because fans are absolutely still irate for many, many reasons. Uh, Kachuk is a lightning rod kind of player. Uh, and and Panther fans, I'm sure, love him. How has he been this year, and uh, what do you expect from him tonight? This year, I think we've got so excited 
by just kind of the way that last year ramped up because he got here, he performed, All-Star was a big deal, then the playoffs, obviously, and he was so amazing during that run. This year, he's been quietly consistent. I think he's got four goals in the year now. He's over a point per game still, and he's producing. He's playing his usual in-your-face style, uh, but he hasn't really jumped off the page yet in the way that we've gotten accustomed to uh, since he's been here. I, I don't know if maybe playing the Oilers will be a little bit of a spark just because, you know, he loves playing Edmonton, as he said so many times. Uh, but, yeah, I, just knowing what's there with Matthew Kachuk, I've been a little bit surprised that we haven't seen more flash from him. But still, you can't complain because he's been very productive and he does all the great teammate things that, you know, he brings to the table. David Dwork, our guest from the Hockey News, talking Florida Panthers on Sports 1440 and the Lowdown with Low Tide. Uh, goalie Bob goes tonight. Uh, how has the goaltending been this year? Better than I expected early in the year because just traditionally with Sergei Bobrovsky, he's always been a slow starter, particularly during his time with the Panthers. Uh, you know, I'm sure you where have it's been very up and down with Bob, and everything went out the window when he played the way he played during the playoffs. Uh, you know, that basically has been the saving grace. Uh, but Bob has been pretty solid early in the year. Uh, an area that is always something to keep an eye on with Sergey Bobrovsky is rebound control, just because it can be a little all over the place. Um, and with Sergey Bobrovsky, the interesting thing is just he just wants to work. And he's coming off a week where the Panthers just had a three-game stretch in California, and he only played one of the three games. So he is going to be quite fresh tonight. That generally will get a pretty amped up Sergey Bobrovsky which can work against him in games where the Panthers will shut other teams down offensively and he'll just be kind of sitting around mulling in the crease. Tonight, I wouldn't really expect that just because the Oilers are really good at putting offensive pressure on. So you might see a great A. Sergey Bobrovsky game tonight. Uh, I know that, that you know injuries have impacted uh, the, the Panthers, uh, Ekblad and Montour on the blue line, and yet the record is so strong. Uh, having those players back here for uh, you know the rest of the season obviously would be ideal um, that's a lot of depth to add to a, a defense that has played so well. Yeah, it's almost going to be considered like an embarrassment of riches when you think about how well all the guys that they brought in have clicked to this point. They started the season with five of seven defensemen new on the roster. Uh, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson is having a resurgence season. Dmitry Kulikov is healthiest that he's been in a while and playing very solid defensively. And then obviously you got guys like Gus Forsling and uh, Nico Mikola who I don't think anybody really is very familiar with down here in South Florida, and he's played spectacular. It's just a matter of Bill Zito and his staff finding guys that fit into the system that Paul Maurice has been put, implementing over here over the last year plus. I think now you're seeing it really come into form. And then when you add, as you said, guys like Brendan Montour and Aaron Ekblad, the trickle-down impact on that defensive core, it's just instrumental. It's going to be really interesting to see how they all mesh because now we're dealing with a lot of new defensive pairings. But again, everybody has a seems to have a really good understanding of where they need to be and how hard they need to work under Paul Maurice. And so far it's been great. I think the question is just going to be, what are they going to do with all these assets? Whether, you know, they're going to hang on to guys, whether they're going to stash guys, if they can uh, get them down into the AHL or if they're going to start trying to make some moves. Uh, but between the def- the defensive guys getting added, and then you mentioned earlier, Sam Bennett, when Sasha Barkov is healthy, this is an incredibly deep team. David Dwork, our guest from the Hockey News. I wanted to ask you this. I read a quote from Paul Maurice, and he was talking about the Oilers, and he said, uh, I think they're third in expected goals. And that's a that's a very astute, uh, sophisticated 
point being made by a coach who is really good with media. And I always think of the Panthers as an organization, even though they've been around a while, they, they, you know, they, they had a great run last year and a guy like Maurice, I think it would be really good for a, for a, a market that, that, you know, still probably needs a little bit of a push. Is he, is he wildly popular among fans in the marketplace because of his um, acumen with the media and in front of a microphone? Uh, I know he's popular among my colleagues in the media because of how good he is with us. Uh, I, I know at least the first maybe two-thirds of last year, I think there was a lot of uh, pushback from the fan base just because the Panthers, it was taking them some time to really maneuver a lot of different things. In a, you know, Paul Maurice and his new systems, and that took a while to get together. But the Panthers also dealt with injuries. There was a injury, uh, an illness bug that hampered the team for like six weeks last year. The schedule was insane. So there were a lot of contributing factors to Florida taking a little while to round a corner last year. I don't think they won a, three games in a row until the new year. Uh, it took a little while. So there was some pushback from the fan base. I think now after you go on that playoff run, and as, as you were saying, he's just so personable and so kind. And South Florida, compared to most hockey markets, just, you know, it's a little kinder, gentler, I think, than, you know, obviously coming from Winnipeg. Uh, but the popularity is it's honestly something I haven't really thought a whole lot about just because it went from one extreme where he was really kind of like fire Paul Maurice, what's going on, to all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Now. <laughs> Thanks so much for this, Dave Dwork. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, man. Have a good one. All right. David Dwork from the Hockey News, Florida Panthers conversation. It's so nice there. I saw, I think it was Spec uh, at some hotel. He was writing an article. And I'm like, man, that's a guy who's the pores are opening. He's probably having a wobbly and uh, enjoying the hell out of his life. It's not a bad gig. Thoughts on tonight's game? Do you think the Oilers can do it? No, I okay, don't. Well, take your time. You know, don't 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 bruise the audience. Uh, mm, I think um, Florida is just playing some incredible hockey right now. I mean, what more do you want me to say? I don't like. I think there are a lot of situations where this could be a fifty-fifty game, but positive thoughts, positive thoughts. This seems to me. In with the good, out with the bad. It seems to me like this is this is gearing up towards you saying you think the oil are going to win. Is that what's happening here? No, I, okay. I have, have no chance to win at all. But I'm trying to be no I'm chance to be at calm. all. No chance. It's how you say it. The Edmonton Oilers will lose tonight. The Edmonton Oilers will lose tonight. It's sunny and beautiful and a high near 16. Man, I give them a shot. I just I think Florida wins a close one. I think that yeah. Look, they're they are. If they win, Calvin Pickard steads on his head. I don't have anything against Calvin Pickard. But uh, that is a big ask, and I'm worried about Connor McDavid's uh, ability to score goals and to put up points at five on five. And Florida is a deep damn team; they really are. They could win the Stanley, and so there. Well, that. it's funny you mentioned McDavid. This one comes down from HVAC Nick. McDavid could also be healthy and is just in a slump with no confidence or swagger like he normally has in the ice. Even okay. on the power play, it's evident he's overthinking and forcing passes and turning the puck over. Okay. I get that, and we're only 14 games in, I understand. But if you look at the numbers, that he is off the pace. I'm just, I, like we, I, I know we don't have 20 games, and I preach 20 games. Folks, he's off the pace. This is a pristine player. This is secretariat, and I know I'm comparing him to a horse, but I don't mean to. I'm just saying that in terms of his 
majesticism. That's not a word like that, I know. This is not... 1.34 is is if he was playing with, with Declan and I as the wingers, he'd do 1.5, probably. You could cash a few. Yeah, I want to go um, off my head bulbous thing that it is. I'd be sneezing. Like a lighthouse they, listen, tower. You'd get two goals, but they'd both review them because they were off your <laughs> skate and they want to see if there was a kicking motion. Skate. You know what I mean? Get off my ass is what they'd be in off. Campbell on ITR. Uh, uh, Campbell on LTIR. Pick up Halak. Let the rest sort itself out. Dry will come out of his funk. That's from Steve from Drumheller. LTIR is interesting for Campbell because can you get him there? I mean, I, they've been playing him and he like I... I, I I worry about him when he struggled last year. He was very um, self-deprecating, but not in a humorous way. And um, I worry about him. Um, but I, like, I, does the player go to the, I don't know. Um, but they have to run him out there. If he's, if he's you know, healthy, they're going to have to play him in the minor leagues. And he really is not doing well. Um, goaltending. I, I remember when I was a kid, I read about, uh, it had happened two or three years before I read it, but uh, uh, Roger Crozier was a goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings, and they were not one of the better teams, but he got them to a final, and I think he won the Conn Smythe. Maybe this was 68, maybe 69. I don't remember the year. But yeah, somewhere in there. I don't remember. Anyway, it might have been 66. It doesn't matter. Old people do this, you know. Uh, anyway, he 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 was really good, and then the next year he struggled, and he they called it a nervous breakdown. They called everything a nervous breakdown in the sixties. I don't know why they did, but they that was their. He's having a nervous breakdown, and then everybody go, oh well, he's having a nervous breakdown, and we don't do that anymore, thank God, because you don't want that on your resume. But he went away for a while, and I, I think if just send Jack Campbell to where where Mark Spector was yesterday on the beach writing a story. And just let him take his family there and just let him let him be far from the maddening crowds. And I know I'm misquoting that that book name, but um I think that I think he needs a, a, a mental health break. I think hockey is difficult for Jack Campbell right now, and that's not fair. And I know it makes a lot of money, and I know that's frustrating, and I know you're mad about it, but I still think you have to think about the individual. By the way. I just confirmed tomorrow between one and two, Daniel Nugent Bowman will join us. We're just going to flood him with, I will have my computer and I will be prepared. I'm prepared now. It's just that it's at home. And I, I did remember pretty much everything. Um, except my Gordon Lightfoot album quote that I had to pick up halfway through. But I, I'm looking forward to talking to Daniel tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to pepper him, pepper him with questions. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, is Connor McDavid injured? And he's going to say, no, not that I know. Is Connor McDavid injured? I don't know, Alec. Why are you asking me that again? Is Connor McDavid injured? And we're going to put a light bulb right over top and like heat. And we, I, we're not going to tie him up because he can't do that in today's era. But we're going to put the heat on him. Shouldn't have said that out loud because maybe he won't show up now. But he will. He's a good guy. We'll have him in tomorrow. You can send your questions now. If we send questions now to you, can you save them for tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. Do you have that ability? Yes. Are you lying to me? Well, well, we can't, Are like, you lying to me? We can't. Are you lying to me? 
a little bit, but let me let me so let me break it down. We can't save liar. the text through the through the system, but I can p- copy and paste them into a into a spreadsheet, and we can have them. Liar. So that'll work out fine. I mean, when do you get up in the morning and say I'll lie to Al five times today? I don't say I'll lie to Al five times today, but I wake up thinking I'm I'm probably gonna have to work in a lie at some point, so I don't get the back of his hand. Are you just? You know? Are you just? Are you just? Like, you are here. I know what this is about. You've talked to management and you've figured out how to to pen me in. You're limiting me. Well, of course. I mean, but that's not a surprise. <laughs> I've told you that to your face. <laughs> Yaroslav Halak released from his PTO by Carolina. What does that mean? We'll talk about it next. Low Tide with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Tide. On Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. I wonder if I wonder if he knew when he wrote that little line there, or they knew. If they were, you know, that's a song, you know, when I was a kid, I remember as a kid, maybe I like five years old and I'm walking through Robinson stores in Haney, BC. And I remember hearing a theme from a summer place by Percy Faith. I didn't know the name of the song. I just know the music. And then there was a, a, a instrumental living strings type version of yesterday by the Beatles, which would have been two or three years old by then. And I always wonder if a guy like Paul McCartney knew when he wrote that song that it would be so popular so soon that it became iconic and really passed into legend or lore, and that's the same as Seven Nation Army. That You can hear that song everywhere, at games. Every, it's, it's so recognized, right? There's, who on God's earth, unless they're a newborn baby, doesn't know Seven Nation Army? No, it's true. I mean, it's an anthem. It's not just a song. It's it's an anthem, but it, it brings up a good question. I mean, I don't think you ever you. I think you write every song with the intention for it to be that popular, right? Like you not have me. to. I don't write. No, any but I mean, songs. like as an artist, you have to go out there thinking that every song is going to be be the biggest hit in the world. I don't think you ever set the expectations lower for yourself. You know. I don't know. And if then you when think it does, artists it, don't think like that. I don't maybe, think. maybe. But then when it and then when it does reaches that that height, it's like you're like, yeah, this is what I dreamed of. This is what I prepared for. But the line is so simple. It's like you know, why the hell didn't I think of that? What the hell, Declan? I think about boom, that sometimes. Boom, 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 boom. I could have thought of that, and I was sitting here doing nothing, bitching and moaning about my life. Can you play guitar? No. Oh, okay. But I could, Seems I can like go pretty... boom. Bum, 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 which seems, is basically it. Seems like a pretty steep hill to climb. Shut up. To, to, to write seven <laughs> Just shut Army, your mouth right. about my ability to write songs just because I can't play a musical instrument and have no musical talent. Quite, st- stop holding me back, Declan, with your, with your, with your crazy ways. Um, Yaroslav Halak has been released by, uh, uh, by the Carolina Hurricanes from his uh, PTO, and he's available. And I, I was thinking to myself, um, I wonder if Carolina did it as a favor to the owners because they're out there and they could fly him in and sign him like in two seconds. And Carolina was the team that took Anton. I remember this. Ken Holland put him on waivers, Anton Forsberg. This was during the lockout year. And he played tic-tac-toe with all of the NHL. He started in Carolina, went to Winnipeg, ended up in Ottawa, and has had a career out of it. And... Forsberg was a, he's the guy that got away. And I, I use Forsberg as an example because people all say, oh, looks like this guy's on waivers. And people go, oh, here comes Lotite again with this stupid waiver idea. People, teams lose good players because of waivers. And Anton Forsberg is an example for the Edmonton Oilers. 
and Carolina did it. And maybe, I'm just thinking, maybe Eric Tulski did as a favor back. I don't know. Do we have any texts? I, I, what's the text line? I haven't said it once yet because it's not on my piece of paper. 1-833-401-1440. 833-401. How long does it take you to memorize a number? Uh, I don't know. I don't think too long. Numbers are pretty. My number when I was five years old was 462-7088. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I can't remember where I parked my car or what you look like until sure. you show your face between the two computer screens again. But I can remember that. Yeah, I remember my first landline number ever. It was a seven eight zero four eight. Well, I don't. It wasn't even seven eight zero at that point. But four eight five zero one one three. It would have been four zero three. No, it was the prefix, right? No. Well, I mean, okay. So I guess I don't remember my actual first phone number. No, but the, the the prefix would have been four zero three. What Before seven eight zero, it was four zero three. Okay, sure. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. They were so running out of numbers. The, yeah, no, clearly the government wanted to gather up all the numbers in the black holes, and and that's how they did it. You know, the government. Need a major trade? Send Nuge and Campbell with a first rounder to Columbus for Line and Goodbranson. That one comes in from an unknown texter. Yeah, Line is struggling. It's he is three points this season. So is that what funny. it is? I want to take you back to the World Juniors, friends. Let's go back to the World Juniors. The line is Line Pulya Yarvi and Sebastian Aho. Who knew? Who knew that Sebastian Aho was keeping it all together? Line has a brilliant shot. But he's not, you know, a 200-foot player. And Paul Yarvi has had injury problems, and they brought him here too soon, and yada, yada, yada. Sebastian Ajo, I don't know why I said Sebastian, uh, he's a really good player. And he was the guy in the middle, he was the center, and of all of the band members, that's the guy that came out of it. It's like um, it's like Dave Grohl, I guess. That would be the what I would say. What's your next one? Yeah, I was going to say, this one's a little long, but stick with me. This team is perplexing. I don't know why I read it like that. I don't know why I read it like I was reading a well, novel to a first grade class. Because you've been listening to me and put the wrong emphasis on everything. Yeah, that was crazy of me. Anyway, this team is perplexing. That Tampa game just goes to show how bad we are. We still don't have the maturity to close out a two-goal lead. Our goaltending, though we seem to be, to be on the other end of bounces, is in a position that we are scared to play the backup. We are five games under 500. Our top six is producing much lower than we need. We have AHL depth on our third and fourth line. We need to realistically just accept that this is a disappointing year and we may need to retool and retool fast for next year. Well, there's a lot of truth in there. I don't agree with all of it. I, I, Evan Bouchard, you know, it wasn't just that he sent an errant pass to nobody. It's that he didn't, he didn't recognize danger. He actually made a couple of steps into the offensive zone and he ended up getting caught. And people got mad at Darnell Nurse. What the hell was Darnell Nurse going to do on that play? Yeah. He guarded the most likely passing lane, and the, the, the pass went way... Like, he couldn't get there. It was not a pass that he could stop. And Skinner, I don't know where the hell on hell he was. He was out in Laredo smoking, a you know, uh, uh, um, the drapes. you got to be closer to the net than that. God, that was a bad play. Holy. And people blame Nurse. I swear to God, people go to the grocery store and there's no good grapes and they blame it on Darnell Nurse. That play, I, I'm a big Evan Bouchard fan, but my God, you got to have better instincts than that. You just do. You really do. And Skinner did not play it well. I'm a big Skinner fan too. I'm a big fan of both of those guys. 
Got to play it better than that. Well, it's funny you mentioned Evan Bouchard because we have a text that came in a little while ago near the uh, near the top of the show. When did the oil decide Bouchard cannot be a top four D-man? Play him on the third pair in limited and on power play. He still has to be sheltered. Him and Ryan McLeod are just too soft. Here's the thing. Iron. Ken Holland made a great trade. And I like I know everybody's trying to to you know gather around Ken Holland like they used to with the wagons uh in the westerns, but Ken Holland made a great trade for Matthias Ekholm. The Oilers have been screwed by injuries. Ekholm got that was at a hip pointer. I can't remember what it was now. Uh the the mind is a blur. Um I don't have my computer with me so I can't look stuff up. And he he was slow paced at the beginning. He's starting to come along now. I think there there are two goals in arrears as a pairing, like fourteen sixteen or something at five on five. Ekholm was a great trade because it made Evan Bouchard better and it made him a top four defenseman. They will get there again. I promise you. They might not have the outrageous outscoring that they did a year ago because that was outrageous and the was luck involved and McDavid isn't healthy. But they're a good tandem. You have faith in them. I would still put Broberg with Bouchard. They're playing seven tonight. They won't. Broberg will play six minutes. But they're, I, I, I'm telling you, Broberg and Ekholm should play together. Yes, you wanted to say something. No, I was. Wa- we had a wave. Come Damn it all! Here, so when you, when you wave, wave, I think it's for me. I know it was. It was quick and brief, and I could see why you would think that. But no, we had we had a nice, nice little family. It looked like walked by, gave us a wave. So I was waiting. So for that. what's more important, the little family that walks by, or the host of the radio show? Uh, well, <laughs> okay, here we go. Right. You know, no, I'll see. Now we find out the real you. Well, Al, that uh, that family are uh, they own the company, and you're gone next week. I understand how this goes. I know what you're doing. Low Tide, would you say the same about Huberdeau in Calgary? I know he changes teams, et cetera, but if he's injured, just sit him. Give him time. That one comes from Sam in Vancouver. I I, I don't know that Huberdeau's injured. Here's, here's the horrible thing about life. This is the third story I've told today. It's getting old. How many stories do I tell ordinarily when I do have the computer? I would say maybe two. Okay, well, maybe this like, is the third one. So like I'm one, over the, one long one, one short one. Well, okay, it's like my old... Uh, Party line ring. So there are times players go to a bad organization. Let me give you an example. So Doyle Alexander was a pitcher for, I believe, uh, Detroit, Texas maybe. And he goes to the Yankees, and he was not good in New York. Some guys aren't. And he's playing for the Yankees, and he's just not good. And they got rid of him almost immediately. Some guys don't work with teams. And this is what Huberdeau needs. He needs an elite center like Barkov. And he can do the things that, you know, they're going to trade him off eventually for like 50 cents on the dollar and they'll retain a bunch of money. And it's too bad because the the Huberdeau, he got traded, right? And then they sign him. And he needs an elite center. And the 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 Flames don't believe that that they have one elite center. And, and I don't know how much he's played with Lindholm. But... Huberdeau's in a funk, man. I saw him on the shootout the other night, and I could tell, I could tell before he shot he wasn't. And I'm not the guy who does that. I don't ramble on about things that I know. But his body language was hopeful, not certain. And you know, when Fernando Pisani was going to take a penalty shot or a, a, a an overtime shootout shot, he looked like he was going to score a goal and then hog tie the goaltender. And Huberdeau needs to have a. a he needs to be more confident. Confidence is so big in everything we do, you know, and certainly in hockey, even though the numbers do tell us a story. 
Huberto's not confident. He needs he needs a change of scenery. He needs a second opinion. I hope he gets it. I, I have nothing bad to say about Jonathan Huberto. All right, we got one more before the break here, I think. I think McDavid's slump slash injury goes to show that when McDavid isn't going, neither is Dreisaitl. The game versus Tampa was a typical loss of the last two years, meaning we outplayed the opponent and lost. Okay. I oh, Sorry, there's more. Do you want me to read the, the rest? Yeah, you go no, ahead. Okay, I'm yeah, just yeah. looking something up right now. I actually didn't feel too bad about the loss. my bank account that I'm looking up. Yeah, so. no worries. Send me the, no. uh, send me the, the uh, transfer, Yomi. Sure, sure. I actually didn't feel too bad about that loss because we gave away the game. couple fixes and we should have won. I feel like we're a month away from being back on track, but, that one, but that's just me. Okay. I'm a big believer in facts, and math is facts. Okay. Damn it all. I am so slow with this. You know, you ever want to feel like an old man when you're an old man? Try to work on a piece of, like, computer equipment that you're not familiar with. This is painful. Here we go. All right. So I said to you earlier about Connor McDavid having 2.69 points per 60 a year ago, and he's at 1.34, right? And and to make it even worse, his goal share is 44%. Connor McDavid's at 44% goal share. All right. Leon Dreisaitl at 5 on 5. 2.59 points per 60. And a 54% goal share. I understand that Leon Dreisaitl isn't scoring on the power play. And I understand that the idea is that he's slumping everywhere. Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman are zooming people right now. They're doing well at 5-on-5. Don't forget that. Make sure you know the facts before you bury people. Leon Dreisaitl is struggling on the power play. I think partly because Connor McDavid's shot isn't there this year. The, the the NHL teams do not have to defend Connor McDavid's shot because it's not a good one. You know, and it is a big damn deal because last year Connor McDavid had some major league torque on that puppy. All right, I got the word puppy in today. I'm doing really well. Two guests next hour. Steve Simmons from the Toronto Sun is next. Jason Greger at 120. And don't forget tomorrow for... The whole hour between 1 and 2, Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Delighted to have him joining us. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, seven games in the NHL today, including the Edmonton Oilers in Florida to take on the Panthers. Puck drop for that one at five. The Oilers will be going 11-7. and seven. Pickard getting the start and goal. And Broberg will play tonight for the Oilers, according to head coach Chris Knobloch. NHL news is the Carolina Hurricanes release veteran goaltender Yaroslav Halak from his free agent tryout. And the Boston Bruins forward Milan Lucic will be arranged tomorrow on a charge of assault and battery. Eight games in the NBA tonight. It all gets going with the Celtics and Hornets, Nuggets and Pistons, and Bucks and Wizards. Those all tip off at 5 p.m. And in the NFL, the New York Jets have made the decision to bench Zach Wilson in favor of backup Tim Boyle, who will get the start moving forward. This marks the third benching in the past 13 months for Zach Wilson. Week 11 in the NFL wraps up today in a Super Bowl rematch between the Chiefs and Eagles. You can join Connor Halley at the Manning Canadian Brewhouse for that one. Big news out of the MMA world as PFL has acquired Bellator per the promotion and chairman Don Davis. Bellator will continue to operate operate as a separate, quote, reimagined brand in 2024, and all Bellator fighters will be available to compete in the PFL. And finally, just one game in the AJHL. It's Okotoks in Calgary. Puck drop for that one is at 7. And as always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.